several hundred children shut their anger. In a country which seldom gives them a voice, they have taken to the streets to demand their rights. These children are amongst the poorest in the country. Obliged to work to survive, they are not aware of their most basic rights, those enshrined in the International Convention on the Rights of the Child. The right to health, the right to food, to education. We are denied so many rights. The demonstration will be over before I can name them all. Age 15, Merun is one of the main militants of this children's movement, which has created a real elected government, based on the existing one in India. Merun is the home minister and is keen to show how different she is from her adult counterparts. The ministers in power, in the national government, they stay in their offices and only think about pretty fishy business. But I'll never be like that. That's why I'm here, demonstrating with these other children. We are near the village of Telonia in the center of Rajasthan. One thousand three hundred children from all corners of India have come here to hold their annual congress. For five days, this former tuberculosis sanatorium has become the capital of a children's republic. Every year, for the last 15 years, with the support of an Indian association, the Social Work and Research Center, or Barefoot College, and a few international organizations, hundreds of children have been meeting over the course of a few days to exchange experiences and attempt to find ways of improving their difficult living conditions. The Indian Association which backs them has over the years been a platform for these children to organize themselves and make their voice heard. The most original initiative is the creation of a children's parliament with a government to lead it, elected by the children themselves for a two-year mandate. The youngest minister is eight and the oldest 15. The first task of the children's parliament is the running of the association's schools, which allow working children after their day's labor to get a minimum exposure to education. Bakchan is 14. She is the current Prime Minister. Like many other children of the region, she works in the fields and looks after the few animals her family owns. As Prime Minister, it is up to her to supervise the association's 150 schools, which are spread out across the region. When children don't come to school, I encourage them to do so. If the ministers don't do their job properly, for example, if they don't go and visit schools from time to time, then I have to replace them. Sometimes it is the teacher who doesn't always show up. I then have to go there and talk with him. And then what do you do? If I find out through one of my ministers that a teacher is not doing his job well, I go there. And if we have to, we select another teacher. In other cases, there aren't enough pupils and we shut the school. Uh, 
Bunker Roy has worked with the poorest rural communities in the country for over 20 years. His work with children is focused, first and foremost, on the learning of democracy. Well, let's say it is unlearning democracy because the democracy that they see in the elders is not the democracy we mean. So we want to show them what is the right type of democracy. What we see among what the elders are doing in India today, the so-called mature politicians buying votes, bribing people, distributing liquor for getting votes. These are sort of things which have somehow become internalized into the democratic process in India. And to be able to say that this is not what we mean by democracy, you have to tell them what, how to... So you have to learn, you have to teach them the right spirit of democracy. The government's cabinet meets once a month. According to the tradition inherited from the British, it brings together both ministers in power and those in opposition. Each minister goes over his or her work and debates on the problems encountered in the field. Here, all the children are on an equal footing. There is no question of social or caste differences. A revolution in attitudes in the Indian countryside, where traditional habits passed down from generation to generation, are still very much at play. I think you cannot adapt yourself so easily to democracy, at least the democracy that we believe is the true democracy. The value system, the f belief that um, the individual's uh, character is more important than his caste or his, um, or his wealth is something that takes a long time. For instance, uh, you still have untouchability in India, but we will not allow anyone in this area that we are working in to practice untouchability. And if there's any, any sign of something like this happening, we will check them on the spot so that the child knows that this is wrong. In rural areas, the weight of tradition is such that it is very difficult to create a change in the mindset. Yet, that is exactly what the children are attempting to do. In their struggle, they frequently join forces with women, who are also fighting for their rights. Often, as well as ensuring their children's education and the upkeep of their homes, women have to accomplish harsh tasks, such as here, near the children's village, where they are rebuilding a road. The workers here are all women. They spend the whole day in the intense heat of the sun, under the authority of the only man, the foreman. The work site is only a few hundred meters away from the children's village. After the closing of the government's cabinet session, a few ministers walk over to the site to meet the women workers. Merun, the most daring of the bunch, tries to strike up conversation. Uh, 
रेट चालीस की है या चालीस मिले थे Normally, at this hour of the day, children are in school, except those who work, like these two young girls who are returning from the fields. It is for children like this that the association has opened a night school in the village. The problem of girls now is that we also want to go to school, we also want to study, but often our parents prefer to marry us off very young. Me, I would like to study right up to the age of 18. Generally, parents don't send their daughters to school, even the richer families. They say that there's no point, as once a girl has grown up, she no longer looks after her family, whereas boys, they carry on looking after their parents all their life. too was married very young, like most girls in rural Rajasthan. It's not just a marriage, it's a commitment. A contract passed between two families. The girl will only join her husband's household after puberty. Meroon is going to have to convince her husband to allow her to carry on with her activities. My problem is that I would like to carry on with my studies, but my parents have already married me. Now they think that if I continue with my activities here in the children's parliament, I won't go to my husband's. They think that girls get all kinds of ideas in their heads here, and they no longer want to go to their husbands. Anyway, I never want to miss a cabinet meeting. I'll carry on going to meetings, even if they have to cut my head off. As well as the burden of tradition, there is another problem, that of child labor. A serious issue in India which hits the poorest section of the population hardest. We have discovered the existence of a carpet factory near the village, which is thought to be illegally employing children under the age of 14. With Meroon, we decide to go over there and see for ourselves. Contact is tricky. Our interpreter tries to negotiate, but nothing doing. The boss refuses any confrontation. 
What the boss is trying to hide is this. A few children, obviously younger than 14, employed because their fine young fingers can carry out more intricate and rapid work than an adult's hand. In these pictures filmed surreptitiously, a few empty workplaces can be seen. Someone must have had the chance to warn the boss of our arrival. Maybe he told the youngest children to leave before we turned up. How much do you pay them a day? Depends what work they do. You know, we don't force them. They come of their own accord. In fact, they come for training when they have free time. Listen, I know the problem. Tell them not to film. So what do you think of this? Look, there are children working here. Their parents can't find employment, so they have to go to work instead. How many people work here? About 15, it looks like. Our arrival has caused a lot of activity in the village. Even if, officially, everyone says they are in favor of the children's movement, this is not always the case when people's vested interests are threatened. We still have resistance there. Yeah. We still have resistance. Uh, politicians, uh, touts, people who think they, we should not give so much importance to children, we are spoiling their viewpoint. If a girl um, uh, does not go back to the to the husband after, then they say, oh, Thelonia spoiled her, you know, why is she thinking like this? This is traditional, she always go back. But she said, no, I don't want to go back. Um, thank you very much, I don't like the guy. Now they all blame Thelonia, saying, oh, what have you done to her? Do they so, feel threatened? Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe lots of times when they do feel threatened. But this is a part of change. All conflict comes out, all change comes out of conflict. And conflict is good when it's, when it's a, Conflict of, met of methods or approaches or systems or ideologies is good. Why should everyone agree to what we are doing? children who work are exploited by dishonest bosses. Many children work for themselves or with their families. Carter is 11. He is a member of the children's parliament and he's a shepherd. In his family everyone works. There is no way they could survive without his contribution. What do you do each day? I get up, I wash my face, my feet, my hands. Then I go and feed the goats. 
Then I go to the fields and make sure the birds don't get the crops. Where is your field? Over there, a little further down there. Then I go home and eat. After eating, I deal with the manure to dry it out. When that's over, I take the goats over to graze. And then we walk here. Which government is the most important? The adults or yours? Theirs is a big government. Ours is very small. But to look after schools, which is the better? For schools, ours is. In this part of the world, it is estimated that 70% of children are not in school. It is for children like Qatar, those who work and who can't go to school during the day, that Bunker Roy and his team have created night schools in many villages. They take in children every night of the week when the day's work is over and offer an education that is comparable to that of the country's state school system. The schools are under the direct responsibility and control of the children. The elected prime minister has the right to open and close schools, select and dismiss teachers, and manage the teaching and learning materials of all the schools. People who become old before that time because of the pressures of work and the pressure of uh, surviving in a very poor socio-economic situation makes them very, very mature before their lifetime. 10, 12-year-old kid is very mature. She has very responsible positions in the family to work and help the mother and father. So it's such an extension of that maturity and responsibility onto the night schools. The night schools are the cornerstone of the educational program. It's only by opening up their access to learning that they will come to understand their plight. Education and political awareness, two formidable allies, are the only weapons capable of breaking the vicious circle of exploitation and of leading the battle against child labor. In the West, you always say, let's ban child labor, ban child labor. But if we stop children from working, how are they going to eat? The first need, the first concern of these children is to get something to eat. We have to help children understand what's going on, help them fight against those who are trying to exploit them. A child has to be able to see what's good for him or her and what's not. Let them be able to say, I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. It's up to us to help a child get to that point. Children have to decide for themselves. They have to have the possibility of getting out of poverty.
It's not for the elders to just say, children aren't allowed to work, it's illegal. It makes no sense to not allow the children to make a choice. During the Congress, volunteers come and present the children with a range of scientific experiments. They attempt in a few hours to impart some key knowledge, from astronomy to geography. But it is to this tent that most children rush to have their first magic lesson. A few tricks explained to the children with the aim of combating superstition in the rural areas. In the villages, people are often victims of their beliefs. For example, if someone's ill, people say they have a ghost in them. Someone comes by saying they're a sorcerer, and they do any old trick to try and impress the people and take their money. With a coconut and a bit of sodium, they make smoke, and they say that the ghost has left, and demand an exorbitant amount. We go to the villages and explain to the people that there is nothing magical about the process. It's a scientific phenomenon that can be carried out with chemical products. It's a simple chemical process. Science is not magic, but magic can help to understand science. Thanks to these magical tricks, people come to understand that. They become more aware. Little by little, they begin to act and understand the world that surrounds them better. Children's Congress has come to an end. The last afternoon is given over to open question time. Every child has the right to ask a question of his or her choice to the members of the government. The debates require a lot of organization. Interpreters are often necessary because of the great number of languages spoken throughout the country. Before closing the Congress, Merun appeals to all the children present that day in Telonia. To close this Congress, I would like to say something important to all the children. If my parents had sent me to school, if they had realized how important it is to go to school, well, today, I would have almost gone to my last year of school and obtained my final grade exam at the end of this year. Instead of that, now I'm only at the beginning of my secondary school. I would like to give special thanks to all the children here, all those who work. They mustn't forget that they have to study too. Now I would like to tell something else. 
When you show your film on television, people are going to say, what is she talking about? What does she know about life at her age? They will say that someone else put all these ideas in my head. They have to know that all that I say, I truly believe in. In Tolonia, there were 1,300 this year. Next year, there'll be even more. Little by little, the disadvantaged children of the country are meeting, talking to each other. Working by day, studying in the evening. The road to emancipation is long and difficult. But that is the price to pay if the children of these children are one day to live free.